Hey everyone, welcome to the OFT Podcast. I'm your host, Joshua Voles, Site Manager, Emperor, Supporting Warlord, and Defender of the Faith over at OneFootDow.com on the SB Nation Network. <laughs> Did you just say Supporting Warlord? <laughs> I really have no idea what I just said. Uh, and joining me for usual <laughs> is my senior editor, Jude Seymour, and the Chief Inspector, Brenda McAlinden. Fellas, I might just do a Baba Wawa the rest of the night. I don't know what's happening. <laughs> what's happening is you're just hyped for Toledo week. It's hate week, man. It's a, it's it is hate, it, this is a hate week for me. Like, this is a very, very personal week to me uh, for Toledo, who, who is a part of the state of Michigan. Uh, it is a just hated by Emu, hated by Simu. It's just fuck Toledo, man. That's ugh. terrible town. Terrible. Just let you know. No, I to, to all to all. I mean, I I give nothing but love to Ohio in this podcast. But guess what? Toledo ain't from Ohio. It's fucking Michigan. And it's just further proof that Wisconsin is a bunch of fucking cowards. Listen, I would oh. much rather have uh, the UP than have Toledo. Uh, oh yeah, you think that was big for my for the stream for the stream that holds all of our. If you guys don't know, go to the site every week. We got a game week stream that holds all the articles for that week or for that opponent uh, on there. It's it's a fantastic tool. But this week, I, I really didn't have anything but a fucking to put a history lesson up there about <laughs> about Wisconsin being cowards uh, and you know the, how Michigan got the UP and. You know, the fact that we were fighting over fucking Toledo. Just give it back to him. Anyways. I, um, I'm very disappointed in the Fighting Irish uh, media, social media. They are 100% pushing us to, uh, to get on the old peacock and uh, using <laughs> Office and uh, Parks and Rec and I don't know. That one big show this bio, are they? You know, no, there hasn't been one AP bio reference. I mean, it's sitting right there, sitting right there, sitting right there, right in front of their faces. And it's a great show. It is one of the most, uh, Gene will agree with me. It is one of the more underrated comedies, uh, sitcoms out there. Like this really is my Ted Lasso. Like I relate more (laughs) more (laughs) than I do Ted Lasso for sure. Uh, but uh, you know, I just I don't have a couple more simps to help me out with that one. But yeah, it's, it is disappointing that they they aren't utilizing what's right in front of them. I just can't wait for our review section to be filled with people that said, "Look, I begrudgingly bought Peacock for three months so I could watch the damn Toledo game, and then with you know two months and thirty days to figure out what to do with this Peacock, I decided to sit down and watch that show you all were raving about on your on your show." EP bio and oh my god, thank you so much for that recommendation because yeah, we're we're gonna change lives, Josh. We're gonna change lives. I'm, I, we should, and I'll tell you what too. Another show on Peacock is Yellowstone. Now, I don't know how else to describe Yellowstone other than it is the most one of the most over the top modern day Western cowboy gangster flicks. Because isn't it straight fucking gangster? It is hardcore gangster. Like this is the fucking Sopranos in Wyoming it is it is hardcore uh, and lovely and, and better than the fucking Sopranos. 
because uh, you're not. Um, well, anyways, uh, <laughs> hopefully, the, <laughs> I, I, I'm a tie. I I never understood the the great love uh, for the Sopranos, but I'm not gonna I'm not gonna force my opinion on y'all's who, which I'm sure I'm sitting in the very small minority compared to anybody, everyone else out there. I'm just saying. Um, yeah, I mean, there, there's some there's some good stuff on there. The AP bio, if, if you're not watching that, you did something wrong. Get out of ladies. I mean, I graduated from Harvard. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, somebody, I put a picture. Uh, for, well, oh, because I did the uh, the story on how to watch the the week the game this week up on the site, and I had a picture of of Jack up on the up on, up on there, and someone's like, "Oh, Dennis, he's a five star." I'm like, "That's not Jenna, Dennis. <laughs> that is Jack, sir. He's graduated from Harvard." Ah, uh. so, all right. Well, let's let's get this show rolling, and the quickest way we can do that is. Uh, let's get to a review. If you head on over to Apple Podcasts, please leave a rating and a review. And Brendan, we are always looking for a, a certain type of review. What, what? Which one's that? I believe we've moved on to the Jeremiah Owusu Kormoa five star earned Absolutely. five star earned earned. Like it's on, it's on a next level of earned right there. Uh, and so I got one for you guys tonight, and it is one of those Jeremiah Owusu Kormoa earned five stars. This one from ND Blaster 22. No more baby Gronk. Love the podcast. Great job. Very knowledgeable. And my go-to for ND news and info. Also love the length of the podcast and the overall feel. I'm a lifelong ND fan surrounded by the enemy and our most hated rival here in Southern California. I agree. Need to get rid of the baby Gronk nickname. That dude's a beast. Nothing baby about him. Hopefully our defense can tackle better the rest of the way. And Foskey looks like the real deal. Love the way Jack Cohn played. Keep up the good work and go Irish. Thank you, ND Blaster 22. I, I was lazy this week. I did not start the petition on change.org. <laughs> <laughs> my list of fucking things. So real quick, my list of things right now has been is through the roof, especially with the kids. Uh, you know, boys are in football. And yet they're still in full baseball mode too, as far as coming home from school and wanting to want to throw the ball around. Daughter's cheerleading volleyball. It's just it's fucking nuts. Personal life, work life's crazy. It's the season we're getting here. Uh, we're trying to figure things out, and it's just been. I mean, it's just nuts. Like I can't. I, this is the season, right? So, so I can't. I can't figure out how to how to do uh, anything right now. Where I can't believe one foot down is fucking running. To be honest, <laughs> we're doing <laughs> So I, it, what's even funnier right now is that I actually had a story to tell right there, and I completely spaced out and forgot the story I was telling right there as we're speaking. This podcast um, is off to a rip roaring start. So. Jeez, please. that's my that's my brain on like zero function right now. So, which means we're talking about the Mac. Um, <laughs> that. Can we talk about the uh, Can we talk about the roster changes before we get yep. into the Toledo? Uh, yep, we are okay. we are gonna we are heading that way, Jude. Okay, um, awesome. 
So first of all, Notre Dame took uh, took their sweet ass time getting a depth chart out this week. Uh, so much thanks to them for for doing it. Uh, but there was really some big changes, uh, a lot of injuries, <clears throat> uh, some COVID stuff still. That I think uh, I'm I'm going to start buying into the conspiracy theory that it's uh, suspension mass as as COVID. Uh, <laughs> I mean, two of the three guys that were out for Florida State had issues in the off season and Sebo and, and Matello. I'm just saying, I'm just saying. So, yeah. you know, the truth is out there. Uh, and you know, cause that's a great cover. Cause they can't, they're not going to talk about it. It's just, Hey, they're not available. That's it. I mean, that's a, that's a smart PR move anyways. Um, so that's my conspiracy theory, but with all the injuries we got going on linebacker offensive line now, Blake Fisher is going to be out. Uh, for quite a long time, I, some people are saying six, um, about six weeks, which brings him back for SC game. Maybe he's out longer. I don't know. I don't think we're, we're gonna we're gonna really know until you know until time marches on a little bit. Thank you, Tim McGraw. Uh, but so now you know my you know Michael Carmody stays there at left tackle as a starter. But now there's a little bit of movement as far as you know who's backing up who. So Tosh Baker, who was backing up Josh Lug over at right tackle, is now backing up Carmody at left tackle. And true freshman Joe All is going to back up Lug at right tackle, and that those that's your your big change there. That's look, that's a lot of inexperience at tackle. I mean, it wasn't when Fisher was there. I'm just, but it's just it's even more stark when you just look at it playing his day on, uh, you know, up there on the chart. Uh, and then over on defense, uh, you know, Shane Simon, Maris Luafau, and uh, I did this last the last podcast. Uh, I start rattle off two and I forget the third. Uh, doesn't matter. We're, we're getting thin at linebacker. So starters are, you know, J.D. Bertrand, Drew White, Jack Kaiser. But Jack Kaiser's an oar at Rover with uh, Isaiah Pryor. Enter Prince Kali into the. <laughs> you don't want to sing the song, Jude, you fucker? Uh, Prince Kali, fabulous. He, number two, Thank Will. You. We need we need better cue cards for that. Yeah, so he's got to get the, the the number two will, and I mean, just for a second here, I'm pretty excited about that. He won the high school I, Butkus. Like, why would you not be excited, right? Well, the, yeah, that's what I, you know. When we were chatting in the in the back room there, I just think you know our last two high school Butkus award winners, Manatee, well. Jalen Smith, they played as freshmen. So yes. why not? Why not? I mean, those those paths end up doing OK. Uh, so, I mean, how were those defenses, though? I will I will say this. How were those defenses, though? They were trash. <laughs> they were trash. They were beyond trash. So uh, I missed the deal with Shane Simon. What, what's he played, uh, according to PFF the, last week, eight snaps. So did he get hurt during the game? Yeah. Yeah. OK. Yeah. And, and is he out for he, a significant period of time or the rest of the year? Uh, Achilles. So, so like Mwala then, right? Because Mwala ripped his Achilles as well. Yeah, yeah. yeah Mwala ripped uh, his Achilles. Mwala, Mwala was the other linebacker. There's so many linebackers I can't even count. Can't even count them off. So, well, you know, our depth up front is really getting tested now. Uh, but I mean, just those six guys listed: Kaiser, Pryor, White, uh, my dog Bo Bauer. Uh, JD Bertrand and Prince Kali, I'm still okay with that. Just fucking tackle better. That's it. Like, I think all those guys are capable of it. 
Uh, Chris Colley, I, mean, I can't have an opinion on that yet until until we see. But of the the five of the six, I think are very capable of doing those jobs. And then I'm just going to bank on the fact that uh, here's a high school Buckus Award winner showing up. We've done pretty well with those guys. And he looks the fucking part. I mean, he really does look the part. So, so yeah, there, so there's all sorts of, there's some movement going on there. And then today, just, I mean, really just a couple hours ago from recording, we find out senior wide receiver Lawrence keys is, is bouncing. He's going to, he's leaving the team for the rest of the year. He's going to finish it uh, and graduate for Notre Dame this December. And then he's going to check out and see what he's going to do. Uh, he's got two years of eligibility remaining. So this is this is I, Michael Young plan, right? Yeah, I mean, someone said, "Well, he could come back." I'm like, I will. I give him as good of a chance of coming back as I would give me in winning the Pulitzer Prize. So, <laughs> I mean, I can't even speak. Right. He wasn't. He wasn't impressed with his uh, five offensive snaps uh, during the game. Apparently, apparently not. Apparently not. Huh. It's you know what's funny is that he's still listed on the depth chart. Like they, they waited, <laughs> they waited all this long to figure out if Larry Keyes was going to keep on the team. And, uh, yeah, you know, so, you know, Keyes is back, was backing up Davis, uh, in the slot. Keyes was also backing up Matt Salerno as a punt returner, which still doesn't make sense because Kyron Williams, Kyron Williams got the, the snaps on, uh, on Saturday or Sunday. Yeah. I, and I, I don't know. I kind of expect it again, but so I guess in a game like Toledo coming up here, and we do this, we do this every year. It seems like, you know, we look at, we look down upon, you know, our Mac or, or our low opponent, like get the guy, get some young guys in to get an experience. But really this team needs to be to figure out themselves just as much. But I would say maybe not have Kyron Williams returning punts this game. Uh, no, go ahead. Go ahead. Throw Matt Slater out there. I mean, he returned punts last year. Yeah, uh, I mean he can uh, he can fair catch just yeah. like Kyron can. How about letting Chris Tyree return a fucking kick uh, instead of fair catching it? I would try that. Um, but you know, like Prince Kali, this is a perfect time for him to get his feet wet. To be honest with you, um, so you know what's yeah. crazy to me was looking at the snap counts. Chris Tyree only played eighteen offensive snaps. Isn't that amazing? Yeah. Well, I mean, and, all, and yeah. only yes, only eight. Only eight of them were run plays. So he had how many carries? Yes and no. I, I I think Brendan and I talked about that a little bit a couple weeks ago. We kind of expected, you know, the bulk of Kyron, and we we're trying to figure out what Tyree what Tyree's role was. And this apparently is his role. I, I don't know if it's going to change much throughout the course. But of I, the I, I, I guess I I was surprised that it was uh, you know a. Uh, three quarters, one quarter or two thirds, one third kind of, kind of deal where I, you know, I felt like, and I don't have the snap counts in front of me, but I felt like last year it was a uh, Tyree for a series, Williams for a series, Tyree for a series, kind of a little bit more of a back and forth, but maybe I'm just misremembering that. I, I thought you they think some that, of that half. I thought they did that the second yeah. half more than the first half. Yeah. Like Tyree yeah, was still, that was still rotated the in. Fact but. That they didn't, they didn't get anything going in the run game. So they fig- figured that they just stick with Kyron. Could be. I mean, that's not a. I mean, yeah, that makes sense to me. I mean, honestly, I just I don't know if we have any good answers coming out of Tallahassee, to be honest with you. I mean, did you I mean, do you guys feel comfortable and and knowing anything or saying anything concrete other than like Jonathan Doors got 
uh, ice in his veins and his name spelled wrong on my depth chart? Well, Hamilton's <laughs> fantastic. Yeah. I mean, I, I guess that wasn't that, that wasn't a. I mean, I guess if you're looking for surprises, I mean, we can make obvious statements, right? So. Yeah, I mean, but I think, but I think like obvious statements, I think there's few and far between. To be honest with you. I mean, even Jack Cohen, I think someone can say, well, look, this is his numbers. This is, you know, I, I'm still, I, I mean, still questioning him. You know what I mean? I'm sure, questioning yeah. a lot of these guys, you know, Michael Mayer, I think is, is, is a pretty concrete answer. Um, even Isaiah Foskey is a still a question, you know I mean? It's not like, like we didn't see flashes of this last year and then, then he disappears. So, you know, I, all those broken tackle, all those missed tackles were just terrible. Uh, Freeman's Freeman's scheme that night just is everybody scratching their heads. Yeah. Um, the Freeman apologists make me scratch my head even more. Like you don't you don't really get to apologize for this guy. I mean, you could say that he was trying to do this, but I mean, you don't know. And just I mean, don't worry about people criticizing him. If you feel like I didn't seem to feel like there's been a lot of defenders out there. Like, just let it be like, keep your mouth shut for another week and let's see what happens or two weeks, two weeks, three weeks. Well, it was, it was startling to see some of those um, screenshots of formations and being like, okay, (laughs) what is Jason Adamilla doing playing outside linebacker? (laughs) What's what's Shane Simon doing in like no man's land. Like, you know what I mean? Like it's, I, I wasn't hundred percent sure. So it, it's, it's baffling. So I was thinking today, I was thinking about uh, DJ Uyangale and it's kind of, a, you know, his showing against that, Jordan. I'd like to congratulate you for nailing that, by the way. Yeah, that was great. Oh, I'm fucking, I'm on point. I can't say other words, but I can say his last name apparently. Like Chris Fink. So, <laughs> you mean Finky? Anyways, I was thinking about, you know, kind of his performance in Georgia. And I started, th- but I, I started thinking about, you know, he, he looked more than mortal, you know, like he really looked flustered at times and I, he didn't really, he never looked like that against Notre Dame. And I started thinking about, you know, what Notre Dame did last year. And it was basically just flat out, you know, in that game in November, ATN is not, was not going to beat us. They were going to make the, you're going to make Uyangale do it. And he almost did. I mean, but it was had to do with the scheme they put in place uh, really helped Clemson get all those you know yards in the air. They were not going to let ATN you know, hurt them on the ground. And I, j- just thinking about that kind of like that mindset and that game plan. And then I look at the game, kind of like what the game plan looked like against Florida State. And it's just like. A smart, I think I went from a smart game plan to a what the fuck is this game plan? <laughs> because the last thing you'd want to do is force Florida State to run, which would be the strength of their team rather than, <laughs> it just, it it made no sense. Like it honestly, God made no sense. So it just, I was just pointing out the kind of the differences in, in going after weaknesses and strengths from what we saw with Lee to this one small snapshot of Freeman in one game. It's just, I don't know. So what do you expect to see from Freeman this week? <laughs> uh, a four, <laughs> four. <laughs> I, I mean, 
if I was Freeman, I wouldn't change a goddamn thing of what I do or who I am. And I'm pretty sure that's how he's going to be. I mean, you've, you've made it this far. One game is in a game where your defense was playing well and hitting the, they were like getting burnt or torched. They just were fucking tackling. And so, I mean, you gotta, I mean, you gotta be you. I mean, you gotta double up on who you are. Now I'm not saying go out there for 80% of the game against Toledo in a three man front, but I mean, whatever you, whatever he would normally do, I mean, just roll with it. I, and I honestly, I don't, I don't have him pegged. I mean, he runs a multiple front defense anyway. So I think it's a little harder to say what he will and won't do, especially this early in his time at Notre Dame. But I don't know. My advice would just be, I mean, it'll be you go be the best Marcus Freeman you can be, buddy. I, uh, I actually wonder if we'll see Carter Bradley or uh, DQ Finn at quarterback for Toledo this week. I don't know. Have they talked about, have you seen anything about chatter about that? Because uh, DQ Daquan played a lot, a lot better than Carter. He can run. I mean, he can yeah. run too. And, so let's uh, get into, let's get into, some, can, let's get into Toledo stuff. And Brendan, you had us covered last year and you're going to have us covered this year. Uh, let's let the listeners know kind of what uh, what we're looking at with with old with the old rockets coming in. Uh, this isn't 2016 uh, Toledo, right? This isn't you know the Logan Woodside um, Toledo Rockets high scoring fighting, high fighting Matt Campbell's. Yeah, the fighting Matt Campbell's. It's just offensively. I don't think that there's anything that they do particularly well. They're not a really good running team. They're not a good passing team. They do return essentially 22, all 22 starters back. Um, And I say essentially all 22 starters back because Carter Bradley started the last two games of last season. Um, So for whatever it's worth, Toledo's returning their whole roster. Um, Kind of what made Toledo good last year. They were a four and two team in the the MAC was half the second team all MAC defense is Toledo Rockets. Um, they really hang their hat on the defense and specifically their rush D. So um, what Toledo wants to do is is play good defense and seemingly throw the football. Um, how that translates against a Notre Dame and a team with Notre Dame talent. I, I don't know, man. I, there's not a, there's no Deontay Johnson level player on this team, right? There's no, um, even a Dre Archer. If we're going, you know, into the, the, the history of, you know, Toledo rocket rockets, like fast guys, they don't have those kind of burner guys and skill position players on this year's Toledo squad. So as far as what we expect to see, maybe maybe Jude's onto something where Daquan Finn is the guy that they want to go to, who's the freshman backup, um, or I guess redshirt freshman backup uh, quarterback who gave him a little bit of spark specifically in the he's he's not really a pass he's a he's a runner so um, maybe maybe that works out for them this year and they decide to issue Carter Bradley, but Carter Bradley's got, you know, three starts and it's a game at Notre Dame. And I don't know if you want to put a red shirt freshman, a guy who's never started um, in the firing line like that. So I would imagine they start with Carter Bradley and we see some, I mean, they saw there was a healthy dose of 
Daquan Finn, um, you know, in their, their first game against Norfolk state. So, uh, maybe we do see some of that, but yes, yeah, as, as far as what we're looking for on this Toledo Rockets roster, um, experienced Mac tier players, um, and, uh, a team that wants to play defense, which that's never a recipe, uh, for upsets. Um, knock on wood, uh, if you're a team at the Mac level, typically it would be, you know, speed, 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 and scheme. And that's, Quarter, that's not this year's quarterback taught being able to toss the ball over the place. Right. Yeah. Or, or a, an electric playmaker, uh, at the quarterback who can run. Uh, I mean, Devin Maddox last week had, you know, two catches for 91 yards and a touchdown. I mean, the one, one was uh, pretty long, like 84 yards, 86 yards, whatever it was. I mean, they got Toledo always has a couple of sneaky guys in there, but like, but it's, but it's nothing like, it's nothing like, uh, even like all Mac, you know, first level, they don't, they don't have that, that, right. And that 84 yard touchdown was like half of their passing offense for the day. Um, at least Carter Bradley's cause he, he threw oh, yeah. 183. So and I, uh, I think people need to just, just real, I want to interject. Real quick. People need to remember that this isn't like, this isn't 2009 Notre Dame. This isn't 2013. Or, this is a pretty good football team still. At least we think it is. I mean, I know people were going to, people were disappointed and what what happened on Sunday night? But this program's on a totally different level than what we've seen shit since Holt, since the Holtz era. So looking at a school, you know, anyone that's sweating too hard over a, a Mac level school coming in, uh, you just you you really enjoyed Fifty, 50 Shades of Grey. You really did. <laughs> Because uh, that's just it's it, it's just not there. I respect them by all means, uh, but as Brendan said, this isn't just this isn't the type of Mac school that walks in and upsets a, a, a program like Notre Dame. Purdue, sure, absolutely, uh, but you know, it's a d- different story here. I think one guy is definitely going to be ready to play in Notre Dame Stadium is uh, their middle linebacker Jonathan Jones, right? Yeah, yeah, hell yeah! I love the team last week in in tackles. Yeah, uh, he's ready to go. He's ready to go. That man had more photo sessions with his girlfriend in Miami than <laughs> any person then, I've ever known. And then they Instagram would like, was just they would like but. fake break up for the uh, for the for the engagement. It was <laughs> it was for he, God. He's a solid follow on Instagram. If you like some some weird former Notre Dame player, uh, real like. Actually, Parker Boudreaux is, like, is like a drama solid class for style level stuff. Yeah. Weird uh, well. girlfriend stuff, too. <laughs> yeah, well, I spent too much time on Instagram. How, that's clearly what I'm proving here. How, how much longer is that is Parker's girlfriend problems going to be real problems and not scripted problems? So, yeah, so, I mean, I, I just looked it up while you got well, Brendan was talking. Apparently, Carter Bradley has been named the starter. I really do feel like they'll continue to do what they did in that first game, which is they'll, they'll give Bradley a couple of series and then we'll see Finn. You know? How many yeah. yards did Finn have last week? Rushing, Rushing the ball. 90 something, right? 92? Uh, 82. 82. 82. My bad. 82. Yeah. 
It is. He went nine for 82 in a touch. But yeah. Norfolk State, but still, it's, yes. it's a guy yes. who's got wheels at the position. And that's something that they could use to create some problems for Notre Dame and at the very least annoy. And I seem to, I think I wrote this in our, in the, how the opponents fared. I think Ben was the one who went four for five and the fifth one was a drop. So this is pretty, it's pretty good in a small sample size. So yeah. I've been, I've been equating Toledo to Michigan uh, all this time. So is Daquan Finn Toledo's Denard Robinson? Uh, he might mm. be a little bit more accurate. He, maybe he's uh, maybe a little bit more um, tater tot forcier. <laughs> oh, let's, oh, you know, last last week I had, the, I had the craps during this broadcast. Now you're going to make me vomit. <laughs> yeah, maybe, uh, maybe a little, little tater tot. He's a 60 percent okay. completion kind of guy, right? I wouldn't know. <laughs> blocking that out of my, <laughs> and I'm blocking it out of my memory. Once you pick up an axe and start destroying a concrete floor, I'm not sure if he threw an incomplete. I don't know if he threw an incomplete pass in that '09 game. Definitely not in the second half. They uh, they blocked two punts last week too, right? Did we talk about that? All right, look. No, I, I get that it was Norfolk State, so take everything we say with a grain of salt. I don't. Here's a, I don't think you have to keep saying that. I mean, it's just okay. it's like. I mean, here's what, here's what I sure, will say. Okay. Here's what I will say. If Notre Dame wins this game 35, seven or 42, seven or whatever, I don't know that we're going to have learned a lot about this team's ability to handle, um, uh, like a, I don't, I don't even want to say Wisconsin caliber. Cause I don't even know what, what Wisconsin is, but I, I just, I guess it, it won't speak a lot to games in the future. I'm not sure that you can rest easy, um, off of what you learn in this game. I think I think what you want to learn from this game is just you want to see you want to see some things. You want to see the offensive line um, get some push against a, a, against a defensive line that they should push. You yeah, know I mean they like, should, that they would have what 15, 20 pounds on easily, right? Yeah, there's some second team All Mac players on that roster though. Yeah, I mean you just you want to see you want to see the them do some things. I mean, that I think uh, I think should. I want to see the tackling cleaned up, right? I think that's a huge part. Yeah, right, right. Yeah, and who was it this week that was it on the was it on the Irish Illustrated podcast when Samson was talking about maybe it was O'Malley taught maybe maybe all of them it were talking about how, I think it was Priester how <laughs> Pac, like, I think it was the, Len Clark <laughs> all of them were talking about how being physical at practice didn't necessarily mean how well you tap bullshit I I I mean I about th- I about fucking wrecked my car. There, nope. there is no, there is no other evidence out there other than the fact is, in major college football, if you are not physical, if you're not tackling to the ground in practice, you're probably going to have an issue tackling in a game. And any, just playing, anytime you've ever, we've ever had a bad tackling game, the next week is physical as fuck because you're running through a hundred different tackling drills to get your ass right. I don't know. I mean, I know that there's new NCAA rules and all that and blah, 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 blah. But when you watch a game and watch it, you know, throughout the season, there'll be a few games spread out where a team is just tackling like shit. And the TV announcers who get more access than anybody else really 
will talk about, well, they didn't do this in practice this week, so you wonder if you wonder if that's having an effect on it. Yeah. I mean, this ain't St. John's Division Three where they don't tackle at all during practice. This is fucking grown man. I mean, this is big boy ball. They got to have – there has to be some physical – shit going on at practice you got to be able to tackle no them. no 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 you what you're supposed to do at practice is you're supposed to do walkthroughs on the pregame handshake yeah and you're learning supposed how to dress to do, for the bus learning how to dress for the bus that's what you're supposed to you're do you're supposed to uh, figure out how to do warm-ups correctly if you don't do warm-ups correctly we'll work on them for weeks i mean you i guys, would never lose i would never lose to an fcs team by 20 because i worked on warm-ups for too long right no, but that handshake would be tight. Can, so can we talk about that? Can yes, talk please. About that? So you know, we're doing a 180. If you guys don't know what we're t- what, all of a sudden while we're just like, let's talk Real about thing. how you shake hands. Former Notre Dame defensive coordinator Clark Lee is now the head man at Vanderbilt. We all know that. They just lost to East Tennessee State, which I just found out I'm following a cheerleader from East Tennessee State on Instagram. Didn't know that. Uh, How did so, that come about, Joshua? I have I have no idea. I really don't. Uh, <laughs> Risky anyway, click of the day. <laughs> yeah, but anyways, um, I mean, he was already he was already catching shit early on when they they, they you know they took all the numbers off their uniforms. Uh, all I mean, but to find out in practice that they were going through all this menial shit when this is a program that needs to like get to work. Yeah. What are you doing? And this is the guy last year, this time Notre Dame fans have pegged to be like Notre Dame should have made him a coach in waiting. Just like they had Marcus Freeman two weeks ago as a coach in waiting. Yeah. Yeah. I just, uh, look, it's easy to after the fact to, to, to dunk on a lot of this stuff. So what, 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 what was all the things that, uh, that Lee was doing with Vanderbilt in practice other than practicing? <laughs> so he has this, he has this mantra where it's just like, this is team one, right? Everything that happened for this team is, is, is basically not relevant, you know, and everyone comes in with a, a fresh slate and, and they're trying to build a, a culture or whatever. Right. And so he's That's trying Sarah to fuller erasure, by the way. Yeah, it's uh, So he's trying to build a, a a culture in which they do the little things right, and therefore their attention to detail in the little things means attention to detail in the football field, right? And so Pete Sampson wrote the article and, and basically said that you know they they wanted to uh, you know they wanted to le- he wanted to teach them how to how to be dressed properly for the bus. Um, they would warm up if they didn't do the warm up correctly, they would do it again. Any, anything, anytime a kid put his hands underneath his armpits, um, that was considered a failure. They would do it again. It sounded like that Herb Brooks, uh, scene in miracle without the actual effectiveness. (laughs) Um, you know, I think what he was trying to do was just, he was trying to separate the guys. Yeah. He was trying to separate the guys who wanted to be there and learn the right way from the guys who, um, you know, maybe would carry in the attitudes of, of the, of the past, um, failure. But, um, you know, it's just your, your offense didn't get going at all. Uh, your defense got pushed around by an FCS team and 
now, you know, you've got a schedule that doesn't get um, any easier. You're going to play Stanford in what, two weeks? Um, and you got a whole Colorado state. Yeah. And you got a whole sec schedule ahead of you. Um, look, this is going to be a, this is going to be a really tough year for, for Clark Lee. And I guess the article was trying to suggest that, you know, this would be the ultimate learning experience that, that they could build in the foundation. And then, you know, two years from now we could say, look, they were, you know, one in 10 or whatever the number ends up being. Um, and now they're six and six and therefore Clark Lee's done a great job or whatever, but, uh, well, and, they, and they're set up. I mean, so their first three games are East Tennessee state, Colorado state and Stanford. And Stanford is a, a shell of a program of what it was a few years ago. And so you could, you could say, you know, it was at least, and it's, it was, a, it's a, it was a game in Nashville. So you could at least say, you know, like starting off the season three and O was a realistic venture. That was <clears throat> that was something realistic before you went down to Georgia, but then after that Georgia game, you play UConn at home. Okay, that's four wins, right? Then you lose to Florida, lose to South Carolina, Mississippi State, Missouri, Kentucky, Ole Miss, Tennessee. I mean, you got you get two wins out of that last stretch of uh, Mississippi State, Missouri, Kentucky, Ole Miss, and Tennessee. You might be able to. I mean, if you went six to six on that schedule, yeah, it, it would show. I, if they win a game this year, I'll be shocked. Yeah, I mean, they're certainly not going to win it the way that they played that played yesterday uh, on you know over the weekend. It just uh, they just they brought no heart to the to the affair, and it just they lost uh, twenty three to three. This wasn't a thirty five thirty seven ball game that they got to the scrappy FCS school. You almost got shut out by East Tennessee state. Shout out to their cheerleaders. Yeah. So I, I, I don't know. I mean, I learned that the guy has a Peloton in his office. That's pretty cool, but Oh, and a roller, uh, and a roller thing, a foam roller. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Foam roller. Got I one of those. <laughs> I just like, you hey, look, I got one of those, you know, I just can't, I just can't believe that, you know, possibly that Pete Sampson was down. He must've been at the game, right? Um, yeah, he said on, uh, he's, I don't remember which one of the podcasts of Pete, I think it was on the, the Shamrock. He, uh, was flying all over the country in order to get to that Vanderbilt game. I mean, that's, that's probably not the story he came to write. I would say, um, no. you know, I think he has a lot of great admiration for Clark Lee as do a lot of Notre Dame fans. And I think he was going to write this article about, you know, how this was the, the Clark Lee era opened up and, you know, this whole, the whole deal or whatever. Um, it, it was weird just because I'm sure he had three quarters of the article written before the game played. And then all of a sudden you're, you're sort of trying to think of like, okay, well, all these things that, I saw his net positives didn't really meet, amount to a hill of beans when the game was actually played. So I mean, how much, maybe this, how much? maybe this season doesn't mean anything at all. <clears throat> you know, I mean, Clarkley, Clarkley's not going to get fired at the end of the season. Oh God, no, no. So, I mean, in a way, and look, just just re- just remember who we're talking about here. Clarkley is a is a different a different cat, man. He's a he thinks about things a lot differently than than most people. And can I put a quick, quick observation from Pete's article? Um, he apparently watched 
enough of the last year's practice, which obviously he wasn't present for, to know that the quarterback was late to one of the practices and decided to make make mention of that um, to you know I guess signal to that quarterback that he you know hey look I, I didn't I didn't miss it I didn't miss a detail just because I wasn't here doesn't mean I don't know what was going on. You well, know? yeah, that's all video. But I mean, that's that's pretty. Uh, that's not even I mean, things like, of the past. Like it, it made it sound like accountable he, still. Yeah, yeah. It made it sound like he missed one. What was late for one practice or whatever, you know. <laughs> so, well, I can't believe we're that talked this much about Vanderbilt on this podcast. But that's what happens when you play Toledo, I suppose. But well, and, and, and well, and also, I think there's a lot of people that, if given the choice for who would be the next Notre Dame head coach wanted Clark Lee um, and still do want Clark Lee and are going to be keeping tabs on what Clark Lee's up to. So I guess from the, from that perspective, it, it made sense for Pete to right. s- spend his time and energy o- over in that thing. I, I mean, I know that Mar- Marcus Freeman had shine taken off him a little bit this, this past week. Um, but I think there was a lot of people that I don't think the hype train for Marcus Freeman could have been any higher coming into this, into this game. And, and obviously right. now we're all kind of reassessing, what we think we know about Marcus Freeman. So, I was told the defense wouldn't be a problem. <laughs> I was also told, but it might, might've been told by you. <laughs> <laughs> Probably. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, it, hey, good luck to Clark Lee. That was unfortunate, but the whole, the whole story surrounding that, uh, the, the Vanderbilt program since, since the numbers incident during practice has been kind of like, all right, this guy's got a three, four year plan. How's that going to work out? And he's not doing it in the ACC he has to do it in the SEC. That's interesting. That's interesting. So good luck to him. Um, so let's move on. So before we get to like game picks and all that, I got, you know, we're talking about you about what, um, what we can learn, you know, playing, you know, Toledo and all that. But I guess, you know, what are you looking for? What do you, I mean, what are you guys looking for Notre Dame to do on Saturday? What, what's going to, I, I was not going to say give you, you know, more hope or, or whatnot, but I mean, what are you looking for them to do? I'm, I'm looking for some cohesion. I think the, I think the defensive stuff, I, I don't, I, I don't, I, I want to not see a regression. I'm not sure that there's a whole lot that we can learn defensively from playing this Toledo roster um, because I expect them to be able to dominate, especially with the pressure that they showed early on. And if they want it, they can have it. But what I do want to see is some cohesion with the offensive line. I think that, um, you know, getting a spot start. At, or getting it's having to come in in a spot like that on the road in that sort of environment for a left tackle is not something enviable. And <laughs> right. I, I, I don't, I think that that can't be understated that that is a very difficult position to come in, especially in a loud environment where you don't know the cadence per se, or you haven't worked on it with that particular set of linemen. Um, Cause you're not running with the ones. Um, so I'm interested to see, this is probably going to be the five barring another injury that we're going to roll with for a while. Um, so I want to see some better cohesion on the offensive line. I'd like to see, um, 
I'd like to see the running backs get more space uh, to be able to um, have the football and not get hit behind the line. This is, quote unquote, the strength of the roster for Toledo is their defense. So it's not a terrible defense. So it should be interesting to see, um, for me, just some growth for the offensive line, because I think that that's for the long term. The healthiest thing for this roster is for the or for this team is for the offensive line to continue to grow um, and to do so. I think that individually, there's a lot of good pieces here. They just they're a line that hasn't played a lot of snaps and they sure haven't played a lot of snaps together. So I, I want to see that. Okay. Jude, what about you? Yeah. I mean, it, it kind of echoing Brendan's thing, but without trying to repeat too much, I, I just, I, I want to see, uh, first of all, don't give me a heart attack, like uh, ball state 2000 and <laughs> what was it? 18. 2018. Yeah. So, so the inverse, you having Jack Cohn run speed option on that all day. Like, right. Well, and, and also don't try to be something that, that you aren't. Don't say, don't say, okay, well, you know, Brandon Wimbush isn't a pure passer, but, um, or, you know, we want to get Brandon Wimbush comfortable throwing the ball uh, a lot in a situation. So let's just, let's use this game to do so because that's how you get in weird situations, you know? Um, just be, be who yourself, you know, be who you are. And then also, yeah, it's, it's let's see uh, some of the gelling and hopefully that can turn into a lot better um, reads. Uh, you know, spotting sort of where the, the play is flowing and, and sniffing it out before it becomes an 89 yard touchdown. And um, and also just, you know, communicating better with the with a different personnel. So I, I think this is a perfect opportunity to, um, you know, simulate the environments that you're going to have. Uh, and it's a, it's a it's a friendly environment. So let's just, um, you know, let's get the let's let's remind people that the wheels are still firmly on the tracks and, um, you know, that brings some, some, uh, enthusiasm for, you know, games beyond well beyond Toledo so that we can say, you know, whether the final scores 42, seven or, you know, 51, 21 or whatever, you know, you can just, you feel good about, you feel good about what you saw. Yeah, the, sp- <clears throat> the spread on the game is like 16 and a half or something like that. Yeah, it opened at 19 and a half, I believe. So. Yeah, yeah, you got pushed down. So I I would like to see, first and foremost, Notre Dame like obl- you know, just obliterate the spread, um, which, which I think they can do. I think this team is, you know, a lot more capable of <clears throat> of that than even like even last year. I just think that this team can be explosive. And so I, I just want to say, my God, what the hell just crawled in my throat? I just want to see this team do some things. Like, I don't want to see a flea flicker. I just want, you, I just want to see that you see Braden Lindsay streaking down the field, you know, wide open. And I think Jack Cohn did some good things on Sunday night and had some good reads and saw the guys and did that. But you go back and look and he missed a few guys. And hey, that's gonna happen. That's that that is the sport of football that you're not gonna see everybody all the time. I mean, Jack Cohn isn't Aaron Rodgers. So, but I like to like to just see big chunk plays. I want to see them, you know, use some younger players. I mean, I know it's cliche when we play these teams, but I'm fucking I'm down with it. I, Lawrence Keys is gone. Your your wide receiver room is is just get, has been decimated over the last year and a half. So let's. See Lorenzo Styles. Put him out there. I mean, put him at slot. Put him 
at tight end. I don't give a shit. Just put Lorenzo Styles out there and see what happens. I mean, is Xavier Watts ready to do anything? I don't know. I mean, Deion Cole, I mean, I want to see some younger guys. Hell, even at running back, if we're, if we're down both Sebo, I, you know, if we're down Sebo, they're just, the depth chart just showed Kyron and Tyree. Audrey Gestime, Marshawn Lynch Jr. He's sitting right there. Just give him the ball and let, let's not, see what he why does. Why is he not in the depth chart? I don't know. I mean, maybe he hasn't earned a spot. I, I mean, by all accounts, Logan Diggs had a better fall camp than Estime. And that's just going off of, I guess, the hype coming out. So maybe he just hasn't earned a spot yet. Maybe he's in that in that mode where, you know, he's active and all that, but he's still getting assimilated to Notre Dame. You know, you know, you know what I'm saying, right? Mm-hmm. Like when, when someone asked Kelly about a freshman and hit the wall, you could, you know, if you asked him about Audrey Estime, he'd probably give you the same type of canned answer, like a Jordan Johnson or something like that. You know what I mean? Like, you know, Hey, he's just, you know, you know, getting ready and becoming a college football player. Blah, blah, blah. It's the, he's a Notre Dame freshman kind of a player or response. But I mean, at some point you're going to have to use him. This is a good game to do it. I mean, just it's, and it's a lot easier to get a, get a freshman running back involved than a freshman wide receiver. Like a lot easier because you just hand the fucking ball to. <laughs> well, no you know, if they fact. can't if they can't block, they, there's no purpose to having them in the game, Josh. They need to be able to block. <laughs> right, right. So, I don't know. I, I did really just that. I just want to see him go out there and just beat the shit out of him. Just. Be the be the game that no one talks about at all. Period. I mean, because if Notre Dame wins fifty-two to seven, no one's talking about it. If Notre Dame wins forty-four ten, no one's talking about it. Notre Dame wins, you know, thirty-one to twenty-two. There's going to be some noise. There's going to be some noise. So just be the game that nobody's that nobody's talking about, and you know. That in two years we forget was even on the schedule. Hey, can you name all the 2021 appointments? Yeah, we started with, uh, let's see, Florida State and uh, Wisconsin was in there. You know what I mean? And you're just like, you're like, yeah, you're missing one. You're like, oh, yeah, right, right, right. Um, Toledo. Yeah, we yeah so Toledo. I mean, you, you start your season off with with a little bit of a banger. It's on the road and in, in a in a loud and, you know, kind of crazy hot place. And you get away with you get away with the win, which I proudly, I proudly announced or called the 41 points. I didn't quite call the 38 points for the other team, but, uh, but you know, you got out of there with a win. You're one and oh, this is your last tune up and before you start hitting your rung. And I know we don't really consider Purdue part of that run, but it's still a power five FBS school. It's, you know, you start that run on Purdue, Wisconsin, Cincinnati, Virginia Tech, SC, North Carolina. You need to get your, you need to have your shit your, in a row for that run right there. So I, I think what Notre Dame has five opponents in a row, starting with Wisconsin that are all ranked now, right? Because Virginia Tech did their did their business. Mm. So it, it's a it's a nice gauntlet, and that's good for Notre Dame. I mean, that's hey, you get out of this Toledo game and nobody's talking about it. Beat Purdue the way you're supposed to, and then. 
go take on these five opponents that are currently ranked. And, you know, you're, you're definitely have a better schedule than fucking Clemson. You know, you're going to have a better resume than, than that. What's your and, favorite you know, ranked opponent that Clemson's got to play remaining <laughs> on their uh, schedule here? Do you have a favorite ranked opponent schedules? Uh, Clemson's they'll, got schedules? They'll, they'll, they'll sneak one in there. At like they will sneak one in there. Yeah, by, by season's end, though, somebody will get in, at least in the ACC yeah. title game. But maybe not. Yeah. Remember when they played like BC five would, and seven pit? BC will be a top 20 team. By yeah, time yeah. Eesh. I, why is Miami even ranked? Why is Miami getting a pass? I mean, I listened to Felder and Arbuck like trip over themselves to to say that it was okay that Miami got that their I mean, asses in. You know why? Because they want Miami to be good. No, because they know. want they want Miami to be good. They want Miami. They're trying to will it into existence. I don't. I'm not. And I'm they'll not make excuses for them. Hey, I just if you if you if you're a fan of SP plus, Miami's still uh still nicely up yep, there, right? They are. They are. <laughs> I, I like I like Bill Connolly, but his the system's become I, and maybe maybe it's unfair to judge a system based off of one week. But the oh god, it's just not a good look to have them. I know he's he he would argue that the numbers are the numbers, and he's not going to fudge them to make himself look better. But oh god, well, 2016 wasn't a good look when Notre Dame went four and eight and was somehow still ranked in like the top 15 or whatever yeah. it was. And that's we eleven plus. or twelve. Just, yeah, yeah, it's not it's. It's not a good look anyway. You cut it. It's just, but no, I don't know. I mean, college football, like Oklahoma had issues. There's, there's all sorts of stuff going on that things will start to unveil themselves as, as this week, uh, next week rolls on. This week is just full of, just full of terrible matchups, like just terrible. Uh, but that's what you get in week two. I was going to say that's pretty, that's pretty typical week two, right? Yeah, that's what you get in week two, yeah. which is I I would prefer Notre Dame have a have a more prime time matchup in week two, to kind of you know to kind of be the the spotlight that week. But the schedule is the schedule is the schedule. Uh, well, let's get to some game picks. Brandon, I think you got it teed up for us. Oh yeah, I got it teed up. All right, so there there's some pretty good games uh, on the horizon. So we'll start with the headliner, and that is. Um, the Ohio State University welcoming the Ducks of Oregon. Yes. Uh, busted out their sweet new unis for the game. They actually look pretty good. Um, and Ohio State is a 14 and a half point favorite. Joshua. And we'll do we'll keep it so uh we'll we'll mix it up a little bit for the the pick so Jude's not stuck in the middle. Okay. Well, I mean, give me Oregon. Ooh. I mean, 14 and a half is a. The Ohio State team that I saw up in Minneapolis, if that's the same team, which I guess it's most likely they are not uh, playing a week two against Oregon. I just I don't see them like. Bludgeoning Oregon to death, let's put it that way. I, I just I, I think Ohio State's still gonna win. But fourteen and a half points, I'm comfortable do we know with that. If, do we know if Kayvon Thibodeau is playing for Oregon? I mean he's day to day. I don't believe so. Oh, is he day to day? 
I, I think it was so. more serious than, I thought it was more serious than that. Let's find out. Day to day with an ankle sprain six hours ago. So yeah. I would get I would I would say not if it's if it's an ankle sprain. I mean if he plays I'm really happy with my pick. If he doesn't play, <laughs> it's going to be so tough. <laughs> yeah, so I'm I'm with Josh, which is I think we might we might be giving Brennan a free pass here because I think if both of us take the Ducks, he's going to take the Bucks. But um, I like the Ducks to keep it within 14 and a half. I do not believe they're going to win the game. I I would say Ohio State's going to win the game. Ohio State has the third longest home winning streak in the country, just yeah, right behind them. Not giving Notre Dame it to Oregon. For not, me, yeah. not this Oregon team, no. Not this Oregon team, no. Marcus Mayer. Uh, <laughs> no, their quarterback is former Boston College transfer Anthony Brown. Um, so Who I've always liked. I liked him at BC. And I like him. I like him still. I, uh, <laughs> I'm speaking of teams that struggled um, week one. Uh, Oregon State struggled pretty mightily with uh, Fresno State. Um, so I Oregon. think Ohio's pretty yeah, Oregon. Um, give me the give me the Bucks. Uh, I'll take the I'll take this easy one. Yeah, I mean I think you'd be stupid not to. Yeah. Well, you guys, so, you guys. I mean, look, siding with the Buck Buckeyes is, against the spread is probably never a bad, a real bad idea. Just no. I, I, I have I have probably more faith in the Ducks than maybe I should, but it's, it is what it is. I'm not gonna change now. So now we'll do uh, we'll flip over and we'll, we'll let Jude have the uh, the first crack at uh, Josh's favorite rivalry <laughs> in, uh, in college football. Josh, what do you call it? Oh, this is uh, this is an internet rivalry. This is El Asico. Yeah. Oh, yeah, this is your favorite one. Um, and Jude, this is the, in this honor of, there. of Matt Campbell and your love for him. Uh, Iowa State is welcoming Iowa, and they are a four and a half point favorite. Huh? Yeah. Um, <laughs> <laughs> I will take Iowa <laughs> because I I think I was I think I made this joke just a couple of days ago on this podcast. What's What's your favorite uh, um, cover of the uh, the Cyclones made against an Iowa an Iowa based team in the Matt Campbell era? Because it doesn't happened. happen. Just doesn't happen. <laughs> uh, look, Matt Campbell's got to beat Kurt Friends uh, at least once before I actually believe he can do it. <laughs> and uh, I four and a half to me is is a gift. So I will take the points and and I'll take Iowa. So. Uh, Go ahead, Josh. I was going to say last week, uh, you know, I called this. Jude asked about the AP poll, and we instantly, you know, was like, yep, they're going to make this a top 10 matchup. This is beyond stupid to have Iowa and Iowa State be a top 10 matchup. But sure enough, here we are. College game day is going to be out there, and you're giving fucking Iowa four and a half points. Are we crazy? Give me the Hawkeyes. Well, the the other well, thing crazy here is that the total over under is forty six and a half, which I just I think that's low. I think that's low, but I don't know. Well, Unders won I mean, a lot in week one. I don't know. So. That's a twenty four twenty ball game. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I feel you. 
That, I mean, that actually sounds right. I mean, that sounds like within the realm of what could be. I, I think Iowa handles the shit out of them. I think but, Iowa's the best team in the Big Ten West. And I think Iowa handles them. They were one of the few teams that actually they, impressed out. They looked the part. Well they looked the part last week, didn't they? Yeah, they looked really good. Um, I think that the I think that Iowa might be the best team in the Big Ten West, as they more often than not are one of the big, best teams in the Big Ten West. So, um, yeah, give me Iowa as well. Uh, the long-suffering nightmare continues and the national pundits will find a way to excuse this loss in a few weeks anyway. I will take the honors on this one um, and we'll let Josh bring up the rear because I know this one's near and dear to his heart. (laughs) As the Wisconsin Badgers are hosting the Eagles of Eastern Michigan and Wisconsin is a 26-point favorite. Fucking joke. I'm not sure if Wisconsin's going to be capable of scoring 26 points. I uh, <laughs> just covering that spread. Uh, I mean, Wisconsin is going to come out with a lot to prove. Um, and they're going to want to try and assert themselves and show that last week's woes were just a fluke. But I'm not entirely certain that last week's woes were a fluke. I don't think this Wisconsin team's very good. Uh, offensively, I think that they obviously are going to beat Eastern Michigan, but I just don't think that they got the the ability to put up blowout type numbers against anybody this year. Give me the Eagles to cover. I go second. Yeah, I, I'm with you. I, I I don't believe in Graham Mertz, and I I do believe in the Eagles covering. So give me the Eagles as well. Joshua, this one. Uh... I, yeah, I'm, I'm absolutely Eastern Michigan is going to come. <laughs> you got to take this. 26 <laughs> points to that fucking Wisconsin team we just saw. Oh, man. there's I I don't think there's any easier bet than, the, than this one at all. I mean, they wouldn't. I would. You're probably looking at like a. Oh, God, like a. 22-13, kind of a game, and that's what's going to happen. I will say it's it's a night game in Madison, uh, but I mean it's emu. I don't think the fans are going to be too. It, you know, you you lost last week. Emu's coming in. You're scared if you, you know, you might. You know, because you're not, you're too scared to evade the UP. Yeah. So why would you, you know? <laughs> I can see the, it being like, if it's 31-13, it's 31-13, that's an 18-point win, and they miss the spread. Like, I, I just right. don't, I don't see Wisconsin as a team capable of, like, this isn't, you know, that, that, uh, those Wisconsin They're just like, you know what, Grant, that Graham Mertz is going to have five touchdown passes today. Yeah. I got five on it. <laughs> Oh, Jesus. Yeah. I mean, Eastern's an easy one here. That's that's a big spread. I mean, I'm a big spread. You know, when you're looking around at games to, you know, to kind of circle and all that, you know, the the big spread ones are obviously the fun ones to, you know, get. And this is this is one of them. So let's do it. Hey, Eastern's one to know, y'all. So let's well, that'd be that'd be something. Um, 
All right, so now we're going to go to the Holy War. And Josh, we'll, we'll let you, you pick up. And BYU is hosting Utah, and BYU is a seven-point home dog. And I'm good with that. <laughs> Give me Utah uh, to cover. I just I, – I don't know what BYU is this year, uh, but I know Kyle Whittingham is still on Utah's sideline. <laughs> and, I mean, that's that makes a lot of sense to me. What's funny about Whittingham is that there was oh, – Jude, I know you saw it. Was like, it was a coach's ranking that just came out. I can't remember if it was a specific setting or what. I think Kelly was ranked like – 11th or 12th, it was, it was like, what the fuck is this kind of one? Whittingham was ranked way fucking down there, which I thought was just as bad as as BK not being in the top five. Right. But, uh, but yeah, give me give me Utah. That's I mean, this is going to be a nasty game. Uh, yeah, but, but I, yeah. The, the, it, listen, if you have... It took a year off, right? So, what is this? This is a night game? Like in, in out west, is it is in Provo? Yeah, it's in Provo. Okay. So yeah, oh god, yeah, this is it right here. This is ten fifteen p.m. Eastern time, BYU Utah. This is it right here. This will be way more entertaining. Like if you're looking for the nightcaps, like you got Vanderbilt Colorado State at ten, uh, Stanford and SC at ten thirty. That could be interesting. But I think. I think this one might be the one to really pay attention to because this, these can get nasty. I can't believe Washington, Michigan's a fucking primetime game. My God. And you know what? I was, uh, I was Week talking two. to, uh, I was talking <laughs> to a, a buddy who was upset about it. Uh, mostly because you're bringing Washington out to the Midwest for the time change and you're not doing a noon kick. Like you do, you do. We've made, the, we've made that same argument about Stanford, right? Right. Yeah. Right. Yeah. You knew yeah, I was, uh, I was at like the last Western did to Stanford, to Stanford a couple of years ago. Yeah. I think I the 11 the Washington, Washington, Michigan game in Ann Arbor back in, what was that? 2001, 2002. I actually went to that game. Oh, condolences. Weird day. An absolutely weird day. <laughs> I had different colored you- hair there too. <laughs> so, to me, the one the thing that stands out here is that the over under is forty nine in this game. Uh, I just I see this being more of a like a shooty shootout thing, and because of that, because I think the game will it, you know when the rivalry happens, you got to throw the damn records. Um, I, I just I I feel like I want to take BYU in the seven points, so I'm going to do that. I'm going, to take seven, I'm going to take the seven points. So give me BYU. Um, there's a lot of hype surrounding Utah. Um, and BYU is probably really excited that they're likely going to be members of a conference, a major conference, a power five conference. And in the last like, five years, they've been like poking at people to like get them to say Notre Dame in the same breath as them. Right. And now they're just first chance they get, they just gobble up a conference invite, <laughs> which is hilarious. Um, and if you don't know, it looks like BYU, Houston, Cincinnati, and um, 
UCF and Florida are gonna are gonna join the Big Twelve. Good. Um, that's that, that's that's a that's a nice conference. Yep. So it looks like they also been at their paperwork today. So looks like it's a done deal. Um, but uh, give me BYU just because it's a rivalry. I think Utah is going to win the game. But uh, I'll take BYU just to, to keep it close and maybe a field goal at the end because that's how these games go. Hey, Brandon or Jude, either one of you guys, I didn't see. Did they? Did anyone t- today talk about what BYU was going to do with their other sports? Are, are they? Are they coming with everything? Because they got that no, yeah. they, they had that no Sunday, no Sunday rule. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I don't know. What do they do for basketball? You know what? We should have a a special off the rails with Matt Brown. I bet you you can answer all those questions. But I I, oh, I, I didn't read. Didn't read. Yeah. Well, I just know yeah. leading when they when they first when this first came out. I remember people mentioning that 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 they might be just a a football member only uh, because of the Sunday rule and the other sports. But then there was also talk about, you know, being able to work around that or whatnot. I mean, I don't know how that that's not my job. I don't really care, but he's <laughs> forfeit the games. It's no problem. Yeah. I'm sure they'll be fine with it. Uh, so now we're going to, we're going to a little of the reason you're all here. Notre Dame <laughs> Toledo. Notre Dame is a 16 and a half point favorite. Um, some of the advanced metric sites, uh, they don't think Notre Dame is that big of a big of a favorite. So PFF has Notre Dame is like a 12 point. Um, Bill Connolly, what was it? Well, that was that was sub 12 as well. Um, so the advanced stats aren't aren't too high on the Irish. Which one do you want to go first? I'll uh, I'll leave it up to you. I'll go first. Let you guys finish it up. Uh, I I think Notre Dame absolutely covers. I mean, forty nine to ten to North to Norfolk State. Is that who they played? Yeah. Yep. Yep. Yeah. No, yeah. I mean, it, it school really, didn't even play football. They didn't play football last year. Norfolk State didn't. They took the year off. Yeah. I mean, and, and if Toledo would have won that game. 35-24, I, I, I wouldn't think anything different. I mean, <laughs> it, w- it would move the needle one way or another. Um, look, Notre Dame is still top to bottom, way more talented than Toledo. And I think, I mean, maybe it was a good thing that it was a sloppy affair in Tallahassee, or at least a seemingly sloppy affair, because uh, that gives coaches shit to work on during the week. That gives them a... a they're not just shouting into the void. If if Notre Dame would have went down there and just like handled Florida State, like fucking handled them, like one like forty one to ten, then there's a tendency for players to kind of like let up a little bit. You know what I mean? Like the coaches are pointing some mistakes out, but hey, you know we just got us a thirty point one point win. Blah blah blah. That game's a lot different. You won on a field goal in overtime. You know you, you're gonna have to, you know keep on your, your focus becomes laser focus. So I, I think they're going to be locked in. I think they're going to handle them. Um, I said last week that Notre Dame was going to come out sharp uh, against Florida state. And honest to God, they did. <laughs> they, they came out sharp, uh, but they just need to maintain <laughs> that. And I, I think, I, I just don't think Toledo's going to have the guns to do it. 16 and a, 16 and a half points. Yeah. All right. I'm going to say, uh, Notre Dame, 45, 
Toledo, seventeen. And how does seventeen come? Well, you know, you necessarily need to get into it, but is uh, is that cost for concern seventeen, or is that just some some light points? Uh, you, know, you got a late touchdown and late in the game. I mean, I think okay. I think ten points given up to that. That's a yeah. So yeah, forty-five seventeen. Seven. Uh, I'm conflicted. Um, I 100% agree with what Josh Josh's rationale and the the homer in me wants to pick Notre Dame. Um, and I should just pick Notre Dame, but I also want to pick some put some daylight in between our, us. And I think Brendan's going to have Notre Dame to cover. So this is a season long. This is a season long. I know. Pick them, Jude. I know. I'm going to have to I'm do it all in one game. <laughs> I'm going I'm to take Toledo. <laughs> Cause I just, there's a, there's a dumb part of me that thinks that this game's going to get dumb at the end and frustrate a lot of betters. Um, because Notre Dame will have secured the bag and they won't care that they lost or that they won by, I know it's 16 and a half. I mean, I feel like 17 is the right number here, but, uh, I don't know. I feel like this could possibly get dumb at the end and you know, it's on the Peacock network. So nobody, so, uh, that probably ups the chance for dumbness because, I could definitely see Stu Mandel saying, I can't believe the number of people that must be signing up for Peacock subscriptions to watch this one uh, as the game's <laughs> weirdly like 10, 10 all in the second quarter or something. Stu, uh, Hey, don't be a liar. Stu Mandel does not sound like that. That's like, <laughs> ow, Stu's more, Stu's more. <laughs> yeah. There it is. That yeah. Yeah. There you go. There you go. Yeah. That was spot on Stu actually. Yeah. That was, yeah. That was, really that was good. a really good Stu. <laughs> Uh, so yeah, give me the Rockets to cover. Although I, I do believe Notre Dame will win. And I also don't think that we'll be sweating this for too long. Um, I just, I, I, I don't, I don't have any, I don't have any uh, faith in this, the second team, you know, not giving up a couple of dumb touchdowns and having Toledo cover at the end. Jude, what is Toledo or what does Notre Dame not covering look like score wise? Just curious. Yeah, that's a great question because I mean 42, 41, 24 in my head, but that's seventeen points. So, um, forty-two, twenty-seven. Yeah, I don't think you can get okay. That sounds like a dumb amount of high points. I just think the only—I like, think the only way this Toledo covers this is going to be thirty-eight-three, and I'm gonna, we're going to laugh so hard about this. But um, I just think the only way that Toledo covers is if it's a lower-scoring game. Yeah. You're putting Notre Dame in the 40s, and if you're taking Toledo on the points, you're creeping them up quite a bit. And then we got some fucking issues. We got some massive problems. Real issues. Um, I mean, did you think Notre Dame was going to give up 38 to Florida State? I, I know they're two different teams, but I, I well, I I can answer I that. No, I did not. 20. I did not, but I thought. I mean, just uh, just watching it, watching how piss poor they were tackling. Again, I mean, that's just. That is one thing that was just solid. None of that shit happens. No. So that's that's the that's the one thing that's like the probably the easiest thing to clean up on the entire team, other than learning how to shake hands after the game. (laughs) No, that's tough. That's like three weeks of practice, (laughs) or at least three sessions of practice. Is the it's is to get the guy get these guys who have tackled well in the past to tackle better. 
Do you think Notre Dame will have any problem um, singing the alma mater after the uh, socially distanced experiment last year? Because they should maybe they should have practiced that as well. Uh, well, I'm just I just am very excited to see uh, Audric Estime uh, lead the team. <laughs> From from not on the depth chart to offensive MVP. (laughs) Well, his his rendition lives forever in my heart. Oh, you're talking about. Oh, I I guess see what you're saying. (laughs) What's the nerdy fight song? No, just what's the nerdy? He thinks it's shipping up. Yeah, he thinks it's shipping up the cost, right? Well, yeah, he's just like you mean the Notre Dame song. Here come the Irish. Dun dun dun. I love it. I love I'll it. I'll tell you what. I, I, love I, I honestly think that tiny mic thing was born out of the fact that they that somebody brought the wrong mic and now they're now they're just leading into it, which I think is kind of funny. You know? I don't know, man. Like, That's those tiny even like like big time like TikTokers are like just using their Apple earbuds. Yeah, but I like, mean, that's, like, that's just I don't know. I feel like Judy's a kid thing. Whatever it's just a, it's a kid thing. They don't want to haul around a big ass microphone like Tim Priester. The old stick mic. Yeah, they don't want to carry that around. That's the tiny mic. I like the Bob Barker mic. No one ever. Uh, yeah, I like long, the Bob Barker mic. The real thin, sleek, long and hard. Sleek. Pay new to your pets. <laughs> um. So do you guys rec- – so in the Brian Kelly era, they have brought in four MAC opponents, right? Western Michigan, Miami of Ohio, Ball State, and Bowling Green. Um, in 2010, they dispatched of Western 44-20. to 20. 2017, they whomped on Miami of Ohio 52-17. 52-17. Uh, 2018. <laughs> 22-19? What was it? What was uh, the there? 2018, 24, 16, and then 2019 against BVG and Bowling Green was uh, 52 to zero. That was a bloodletting, yeah. Um, Despite their proximity on 75, this Toledo team is not the 2019 <laughs> BG team. <laughs> no, they're not. But I think the point remains is that Notre Dame's been capable most most of the time of being able to put up points and not letting these MAC schools. Um, you know, score at least right. in in regular time. I, I think that this has got to be seen as as a bloodbath, um, and that Notre Dame's going to use Go this team. opportunity to to try out some stuff and to to flex. Um, I want you know, if the score's forty eight to forty eight to twenty, I wouldn't be surprised. So okay. give me Notre Dame, and we'll. Uh, see what happens but i i i expect this notre dame team to exert their will um on saturday with a lot of a lot of things that they gotta to prove to themselves and the coaches yeah it's definitely a, a, to me it just it it screams put in the work kind of kind of a game i guess it's not just a stat padding game it's a put in the work kind of a game so uh, i think a, a lot of what goes on on Saturday is going to help determine rotations on the depth chart over the next couple of weeks. So, I mean, obviously guys want to play and if they don't, they will stay and graduate like Larry keys. 
uh, but they're not going to be playing football. So I think I think you just think they they're going to go out there and want to put in the work, want to kind of rectify some mistakes and look good doing it. Does Kyle Hamilton score a touchdown this weekend? Oh, yes. Two picks no. that he's going to have? No. Yes, and he does, a, he does it on offense. Oh, this would be the game, Greg, too. Greg just just jumped. <laughs> Juice! Something, something moved. <laughs> uh, look, can we? T- I don't think we talked about this. I was in, I was annoyed that they didn't put him in for the Hail Mary at the end yeah, of the No, that that is that is annoying. Like I mean that's Yeah, that's annoying as shit because that happens everywhere. College pros you know, you go it's it's like the fucking hands team. Here's your Hail Mary team and they just watch well, They'll put uh, I remember when um like Aaron was Deion Rogers, Colsey out there? Was Deion Colsey out there for the Hail Mary? No. No, and that's that's I mean, supposed to be his champ. Like I remember, Calvin Johnson would would play on prevent of would play defense, on defense yeah. for hail marys, and yeah. just you put your biggest, tallest guys out there on either side of the your ball. Your freak athletes who can jump yeah. and make a play. Yeah, who can cover weird ass ground and make and have a vertical leap that impresses. I don't know. I'm, uh, how you know. Ins- how insufferable would Greg have been if? Hamilton would have been trying it out there for a hell Mary and it succeeded. How bad would this week been in our DM? It succeeded with, it succeeded with Kyle Hamilton making the catch. Yeah. Making the t- catch touchdown. How bad would our DMs been this week? Oof. <laughs> I mean, it, I mean, does Greg, Greg just like quit his job and like, just listen, there was a point. There was a point. Was it? It was a game week for Florida State or about a week till Florida State where Greg was still in the DMs just blasting about Kyle at wide receiver. And I just was like, man, I have moved on. Like, I agree with you, but I am done because they're they're not doing this. So I'm I'm just I'm done debating it. He was not finished. He was ready for he's ready for war to put Kyle out there at wide receiver. But I agree they. Why not have him on the Hail Mary team? A Hail Mary should be called like a special teams. It's a it's a totally different play. I um it kind of leads me to believe that he wasn't out there is it, it's just not gonna happen this year. They're not gonna put him on off if they're not gonna put him on for no. the Hail Mary at the end of the game. Why would they put him in Maybe. for meaningless snap against Purdue? No, they won't. Sorry, Greg. Don't burn down my house. <laughs> you got, but does you know? Does he Look, get I, it against Georgia? Does he come in against Georgia Tech as a wide receiver? Senior day, know. even though he's Senior. a junior, it'll be his last game against Georgia Tech, which is his home hometown school. If there's if there's one game that's going to happen, it's going to be that one. It's not going to be Toledo. It's going to be Georgia Tech. But also, maybe if the the only way they do it is if we have like two losses going to that game too. So, I'm just so frustrated by this because I've turned I've turned 180 on this, and now I'm just 
I'm insufferable. I'm not as insufferable as Greg. I mean, I think he leads the charge, but I'm just insufferable <laughs> about the. <laughs> I'm just insufferable about this needing to happen. I just don't even understand how you have a guy who just did what he did in that last game. How he covered that much ground. How he his instincts knew where that ball was going to be. How ball he laid out perfectly the, and kept himself in bounds. And you don't think you're down. Hell, maybe that could be helpful to us on offense. On Maybe something. we should it try. It. I mean, we're not. Yeah, we're not talking about every. Like, there needs to be a Kyle package, like like on a on a down and distance situation, inside Look, the red zone, whatever. It's Larry. Like, he's just walked space. away. Take his five snaps and give him to Kyle Hamilton. Come on, this isn't that hard. There are there are mid level schools throughout the country that somehow, some way, have gotten themselves athletes. Similar to Kyle, not like Kyle, because no one's like Kyle, similar to Kyle. And the reason why they become a name and they go, they have these, they get good records because they end up just saying, putting all their chips on these, this one or two athletes that they have. I just don't see why we can't do that. Not like, like I said, it doesn't have to be all the time, but there needs to be a Kyle package in place as a, I mean, what are we doing here? Be, I mean, be exciting. Don't just be, be exciting. Kyle Hamilton scoring a, a touchdown against SC. That's exciting. Be, I don't know, but, but it's not like, but I, I still, I still lean on. I still lean on the fact that it's not happening. So no, I don't think so. Um, but if it does, it'll be pretty cool. Uh, I'm still banking on that Avery Davis throw though. That's going to happen. No, it's not. <laughs> you don't chase Larry. Ke- you don't have like no, listen. 95% of the snaps, a slot receiver, get zero targets and just sort of like exist there as a, they're just decoying him. It's going to be the the slow burn. They're going to wait for USC, blow him in and he's going to, they're going to throw to him and then he's going to throw back across to, to Cone for the old Philly special and score a touchdown. And everyone will be excited. Yeah. And also, that, I told you so. That only happened. That only would have happened if uh, our flea flicker would have been successful on Sunday. Oh yeah, because yeah, they're gonna put the uh, the trick it's, plays back the, in the. Yeah, that's the that those are going those aren't coming out anywhere or anytime soon. So. All right. Well, let's wrap this bad boy up, Jude, sir. What do you got left to say tonight? So uh, we lost a former Notre Dame coach today, Terry Brennan, uh, passed at the age of 93. He actually just put out a book, uh, which I have not read. but uh, Which you'll see the story up at uh, 12.30 p.m. or 12.30 a.m. up on <laughs> One Foot Down. <laughs> nice. Lisa's got, a, Lisa's got a story about Terry's uh, new book. Um, and uh, so. I didn't yeah, I mean, the, the thing about Terry Brennan that I think people would find just amazing today is that he got hired by uh father hesberg uh, who then himself was pretty new to coach Notre Dame when he was 25 and he was fired by age 30 i mean <laughs> you're never gonna see that again uh um but uh you know he's, kiffin came he's, pretty close oh he's kiffin did come pretty close for, for Notre Dame no for well, the, Notre Dame no <laughs> oh, I, I mean, I, I definitely think it could happen somewhere else, but I just, I, not in her name. So never get here. Yeah. Yeah. 
I mean, look, one of one of Leahy's lads played for for Notre Dame during the uh, the Frank tenure, and then came back to to coach the team or whatever, and um, got ousted for a guy who um, didn't end up being that great, anyways. So Joe Kaharchik. So, anyways, uh, Terry Brennan, ninety three years old, and uh, you know I, I, they all got to go at some point, but uh, always sad to to lose one. So. R.I.P. Terry. You know, I just real quick about Terry Brennan, and this means absolutely nothing, but s- Sunday night, I swear to God, I saw Terry Brennan. I saw it was he on Twitter. Unless somebody Terry. has a handle about Terry Brennan, I saw someone retweet or like something that you uh, that you put out there, Jude. Really? Check your mentions. OK, that's I Unless I was just drunk, which is a fucking strong possibility. But I, I, it just, it, I thought I saw it. Anyways, and so when that news happened, it was the first thing I thought about. I was like, man, I thought I, I just saw him do something on Twitter. But I knew he had, Terry had been sick, um, and his family, uh, uh, you know, I, I think they kind of reached out to everybody last year about that. Yeah, had asked for, some, for yeah. some cards, if I recall correctly. Yeah, for some cards. There you go. Yeah. Yeah. Jude, you either fill us full of love or you fill us full of sadness. <laughs> Brendan, what do you got left to take tonight? Um, whew. yeah. So, um, if you see uh, this weekend, if you're watching it on the old Peacock, um, make sure you uh, curse it to TV, or if you get a chance, uh, dunk on, uh, I guess, known Brian Kelly hater and head of officials. Terry um, Terry McCauley, who has decided to like quadruple down on just shitting on Notre Dame today um, for saying that Jay Bramblett was not roughed uh, in any manner. It was just one leg. And then he went on to say, but now that I have your attention, Brian Kelly should have been flagged 15 yards for yelling at the officials for it. Uh, so fuck that guy and make sure that uh, you boo at your TV set every time uh, you can. And also uh, this Saturday, Josh and I are going to be at the game, right? Yes, sir. Yeah, I will. Uh, this will be Brendan's first trip up to the box. So uh, I was going to get to that here in just a second. But, yeah, we'll we'll be up there. We'll be walking around early. Uh, well, <laughs> before the game, uh, I will be on like an hour and a half sleep which is going to be awesome. Uh, but if you see Brennan and I walking around uh, filming, uh, make sure you talk to us. Uh, number one, we want to just, we're, we are fully vaxxed and ready to mingle. Uh, <laughs> hey, hey, Brendan, $5 Venmo to you. If you pass by Drew Brees and yell out, Gary Godsey. Oh, dude. And dude. A, a five to Josh, if he tapes it. So. Oh, we'll send it with us. $10. Because <laughs> that's if, if we see him, that is going to happen. <laughs> I'll, just, I'll get a whole, I'll get a crowd of people around us start chanting Gary Gatsy's name. Gatsy, Gatsy, Gary Gatsy. I'll tell you what, if if anybody who's Gary listening to us has, is going to the game on Saturday and still has one of those "In Gatsy We Trust" T-shirts, please, please wear it. First of all, I think it was green, so just go wear. I hope it. that you got the camera picking that up somewhere. Yeah. But yeah, we'll be we'll be out and about, um, walking around, uh, you know, look, looking for a drink, 
looking for a bite to eat. I know I looks like the guys at pool three are scrambling to get a parking pass. So I'm hoping oh, my I think, cooler I, is going to be, I think they secured the bag as it, okay, if, it, if I'm, if I'm paying a close Woo. enough attention. So I was getting a little nervous for a second. I was getting a little nervous for a second. So that's good news. Uh, but yeah, I'd love to talk to, to anyone out there and, uh, Brendan and I are looking to do a little bit of video stuff. So if you guys want to share some thoughts, you know, maybe we'll, we'll be able to squeeze some time in to, to do a few of those. Um, I'm excited to get back. I mean, I, I didn't go up at all last year, uh, just because there was, it made zero sense to be trapped up in that press box. Uh, it'd be, that was it. That made zero sense. I'd rather been here eating my, uh, screaming Sicilian pizza, uh, throughout the game, but I am just, I'm dying to get back up and have that Notre Dame crowd, which people, who was saying it was going to be rowdy? Is that you, Brendan? I uh, it was it was initially <laughs> floated out there by Greg, uh, I, but he was being serious. I think that there's a po- a distinct possibility. I've seen there's it all no around college football. That there's no chance. You know, people had some appetite for to get back into the stadium. It's been it's been a year. You know, maybe uh maybe the the crowd's just gonna get hyped for a, a good old fashioned for Toledo Toledo football game at two thirty in the afternoon. Yeah, it's gonna be no. it's gonna be lit. <laughs> so now anytime you're gonna hear any bit of noise, I'm just gonna feel Brendan looking at me like, yeah. Yeah. You hear that? There, that was a there it is. <laughs> you're not gonna hear nothing because Notre Dame's not gonna open up the windows of the press press box. <laughs> oh man, it's but yeah, I'm excited to get up there. Um oof, man, I I really don't I haven't spent much time really thinking about it over this last year uh but really do miss it miss the everything about game day everything about college football i mean last season was uh you, you had it to get by and that's fine and it, it did the did the thing but being able to have a the crowds the sights the sounds the just all that stuff that makes college football what what it is uh, to get that back in my life and fucking put that in my fucking veins, just tear open. I don't, you don't need a syringe, just fucking tear open the arm and put it stuff it in there. I will I be, I will be very interested to see how far ahead you guys are to the Peacock stream, because unlike other weeks in which I'm behind everybody, because some people are watching on NBC or ABC, like over the air, over their antenna and not say like on a stream, everybody will be streaming this one. Right. So wish, you have you have to imagine that there's going to be at least probably 35 to, to a minute behind. Um, so I, I could very much see this being a thing where people are saying, oh, I don't want to be on Twitter following, you know, the guys that are tweeting about the game because I'm getting spoilers in my timeline more so than I usually do. Yeah. You know, last week I was actually surprised. I have YouTube TV and that usually got a pretty solid delay. But it was pretty, it was pretty, uh, pretty time. I mean, I, I was seeing it at the same time as most, most other people that were, that were watching on there. But yeah, the NBC one is always anyways, but yeah, the Peacock, dude, I bet you're right. I bet, I bet that's going to be a solid 15, <laughs> 20 second delay more than what it was. It's gotta be right. 
I'm thinking. I think this has become. I'm thinking this is going to be an issue that they they didn't anticipate. Um, but we'll see. We'll I see. I just the the amount of people that are like pissed off about this and like refuse to cough up the 750 is quite a bit. That, at least the visible, like see it on Twitter and Facebook. I'm just curious if that's actually going to last for some of these people. You only get th- you only get 12 games in a season. Like you may be. I was going to write a story about this and I'm again, I have no time to do anything. So, but quickly I'll say, get fucking used to it. I mean, at some point, everyone's going to have to stop their bitching and complaining about this stuff. It's not 1994 anymore. The world is vastly different. Technology is vastly different. It's all your fucking faults anyways. All of you that were like went running to Facebook and talked about, I cut the cord today and blah, blah, blah. You are the reason why this is all happening. And that's fine. None of those choices are bad. I cut the cord too. But I cut the cord knowing that the future in broadcasting is turning into these streaming entities. I mean, what did you what do you expect? these companies to do, they're not going to sit there and lose money. They're going to figure out ways to make money. And this is the future. So, I mean, do I expect Notre Dame to go all peacock next year? No, but I'm telling you this shit's coming. And people, say, and, they're going to drop, they're going to drop well, the listen, snack game or whatever, you know, the, the UNLV game or the Marshall game or something is going to get dropped on. Well, on there peacock was, there was some, year. there was some quote unquote optimists out there. Saying like, well, you know, they they tried this shit with the sky cam and we all banded together. Equating the sky cam <laughs> to being streamed on Peacock is like saying I am the king of Mars. That it's just <laughs> it makes no fucking sense. It, it, it does not. It's not even the same. It's not the same, man. It is not the same. This is the, all this stuff. Just look around. Just look around you. Look at your phone. How many fucking apps do you have on your phone? Look at your television. Oh, you don't have cable? You have a Amazon Fire? You got three different streaming services? Guess what's happening, y'all? This is nothing new as far as, like, I'm concerned. I mean, there was plenty of tech, tech writers out there that have been predicting this for, what? Brendan, you're more tuned into the me. Five, six years now, people have been saying this was this is the future. I'm just saying it's get get used to it. Stop your bitching because like if you cut the cord and I do feel bad for the folk that are out there that are have not cut the cord. They're still paying Comcast and Mediacom and they're they're doing things the right way. But man, that's 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 it's it's just not the not what's happening anymore. That's not the future of of entertainment. Whether you like it or not, I go back to your original point, which is there's so few opportunities to watch Notre Dame football in a, in a given season. I well, just to stand on principle and say, you know, I'm not going to watch because I don't want to pay 750 for three months of service or whatever. Like that's fine. That's that's a choice that you make. But I I just I'm not going to I'm not going to easily pass up on an opportunity to, to watch my favorite team. I just I'm gonna I'm gonna pay the money and you know I, I look we had our little. Thing about it with the day it got announced and and now i'm just you know pulling out the credit card 
just pay the 750 enjoy the AP bio, enjoy the Yellowstone, and whatever else they got on there. Community, I don't know. Just, it's fine. But if you think you're going to change, the, if, you're gonna think, <laughs> if you think somehow your boycott is going to change the direction of what Notre, Notre Dame and NBC decide to do, you're absolutely wrong. Because there's an audience here, and even if you're going to boycott the fucking Toledo game, if this was uh, USC or if this was Clemson last year and you're putting on Peacock, y'all be fucking getting it. And the ones who didn't, I don't even know what to do with you. What what do you do with someone who who stands up principle of not watching the Notre Dame Clemson game? <laughs> what do I what would I care? And I'm I'm not trying to sell you guys on Peacock. I'm just saying it's time to get over it because that trades up the station. I'm just a realist. You know what I mean? <laughs> well, all right. Well, that's it for the show tonight. Didn't mean to yell at everybody about being stubborn bastards, but it is what it is. Or, hey, there's still tickets available. $47 I saw. Go to the game. Get vaccinated, go to the game. Oh. Uh, be on the lookout for more goodness over on one foot down this week. Um, it's th- that quick turnaround from su- that, that's a tough one. That's still tough. Uh, we're still playing makeup, but that's all right. We got some good stuff going on there. Uh, reminder to get over to Apple Podcasts, leave that rating, leave that review. Looking for those earned Jeremiah Lucy Corvo five star reviews. Every review that you leave, we will read on the next OFT podcast be a part of the show and that's a good way to do it so for jude and for brendan thanks for listening and as always go irish